G'day friends, welcome back. What an episode. Oh, oh my goodness. Didn't expect any of that at all. At all. Oh, unbelievable. Well done, Dave and John and the person who directed this episode, Bryce Dallas Howard. Very, very well done. Um, I will do the spoiler warning now, because once I've completed the intro, all bets are off. I'm going to talk about the entire episode and the very, very large implications I believe it has for the rest of the Star Wars that we're getting in 2022. This is really, really big, if you ask me. Um, this is just a theory that I have. So, yeah, spoiler warning, once, once the intro's over... Spoilers will be coming, so if you haven't seen the episode yet, go and watch it first, and then come back. Alright, let's get into it. Well, after last week's episode, we all assumed he was going to appear in this episode. I don't think anyone assumed that the entire episode would be The Mandalorian Chapter 17. That's basically what this episode was. I hope you all enjoyed it. it this episode follows Mando for its entirety. Uh, we get an update on where he's at, what he's doing, um, and what his goals are, and it's fucking amazing it's so good it's so good i didn't think like if they said oh next week's episode it's not going to be the book of boba fett at all it's going to be the mandalorian i'd be like oh i'm kind of you know in the middle of watching the book of boba fett i don't really want to watch the mandalorian i want to watch the mandalorian oh my god when it's like this oh my fucking god so the episode picks up clearly with him in the middle of a mission, as he always is. Um, he's collecting a bounty for somebody because he needs information or a favour. That's his MO. That's what he's always doing, right? And we get him, we catch him in the middle of it, okay? He's in this big old meat freezer thing with a bunch of goons. Steps into the back. He's talking to this Clatoonian. He's like, I have a bounty for you. And the guy goes, it's not for me. He goes, it's for you. He goes, it's not for me. He goes, it's for you. And then all his boys like, right, we're going to attack. And then Mando, of course, he has the Darksaber. And oh my God, for a second, not even for a second, for a number of minutes, I would have happily believed this wasn't a Disney show. Brutal Darksaber fight. Oh, Yes, brilliantly brutal, very enjoyable. He ends up pinning this dude onto a table and cutting him in half like a bloody magic trick, cutting him in half with the Darksaber. 
Yes. God. This is going to make so many people so happy. Everyone's like, oh, Boba Fett's such a pussy. Why is he not doing anything? The show's not intense enough. There's not enough, like, action. Here you go. Here you fucking go. Mando's cutting dudes in half. Are you bloody happy now? Oh, anyway, so yeah, he cuts this guy in half and then he cuts his head off as well to go and collect his bounty. And we see that he is on some kind of space station that is effectively a halo ring. It looks exactly like a halo ring. Except everything, all the buildings and stuff are like on the surface. It doesn't go down and be an entire, you know, like planet. So it's this, it's this big ring-shaped space station and I like the look of it a lot. It's a really, really cool location. I wish we'd learnt what the name of it was. Um, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I thought that was cool. Um, the information that he's after is how to get down to the lower levels of this space station because he's obviously looking for something or someone. He gets that info after going up and talking to some sort of club owner, crime person. The, the, the club, whatever it was that he goes up to, gave me big Crimson Dawn vibes, actually. It reminded me a lot of that party on the yacht, um, if you've seen Solo. That was the vibe I got there. But anyway, uh, he goes, he talks to them, he gets the information, and down he goes to the, the substrata, as he calls it. And who is he looking for? He's looking for the Armourer and Paz Vizsla, the two survivors of the um, little Mandalorian slaughter on Navarro. So he finds them. He, he tells them, oh, I've got this Darksaber. I don't know what to do with it. What's the deal with it? Um, what's going on with you guys? I don't know. Um, and basically what we get is a big exposition dump from the Armourer. Right, she tells us some stuff that we already knew, how Bo-Katan had it, and then she lost it. But what we learned, the, the, one of the most important things that we learned, and one of the big questions coming out of Season 2 of Mando was, why can't he just give it to Bo-Katan? Why do they have to fight for it? When was that a rule? It's a rule, apparently. So, Sabine Wren gives Bo-Katan the Darksaber in Rebels. Bo-Katan then went to rule Mandalore, and it ended in ruin. It ended in the purge of an entire people, right? So, apparently the rule is, you must win the Darksaber in combat, if you get it in any other way, if you're given it, the rule, or your rule, I should say, with the Darksaber, will be cursed. Okay? Um, and, you know, it has proven to be true. Bo-Katan was given it, she had it, she ruled with it, and then her entire people were destroyed. So, yeah, that is why she doesn't want to just take it from Mando. She wants to win it off him in combat so she can go back to Mandalore and rule without having to worry about, you know, th this, you know, omniscient curse, right? So that's a bit that we learn there. Um, we also see the actual purge um, clearly done in a way to uh, represent the Blitz from World War Two. very much looked like that. We see um, Sandari which is the capital of Mandalore, get completely blown to bits. It's quite intense, 
um, and was something really interesting to see. I didn't expect to see that at all. Um, now, Paz, Paz Vizsla. Him and, him and Mando are sort of buddies. They're sort of getting on after what happened on the Varro. They're on good terms. But then Paz sees that sword. He's like, that's my great, 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 granddaddy's sword. I want that sword. So he tries to fight Mando for the sword and he's unsuccessful. But he's a little, he's a little jelly bitch. He wants that sword. Um... But before this happens, Mando's, you know, doing a bit of training with the armorer and she's telling him about the sword. The, the Darksaber seems to be different to a normal lightsaber in terms of, like, its properties. Because he's really struggling to wield it. He actually hurts himself while he's fighting those goons in the meat locker because he doesn't know how to use the sword properly. And and when when he's training with the armorer, it seems it's the sword's getting very heavy. It's got no finesse like a normal lightsaber. So and I don't know if it's because Jedi learn how to use the lightsabers correctly that they don't have to worry about it. This, this weight that they seem to have, but maybe it is just the dark saber. I don't know. But I found that really interesting that it is a much more complicated weapon to use than he or any of us realized. I like that a lot. Um, the armorer says to him that he can't have that Beskar spear that he got from Ahsoka. Not allowed. She's got a lot of rules, this armorer. Um, but yes, it's not allowed. He goes, that's fine. Melt down my very, very cool weapon that was gifted to me by my friend. Don't even worry about it. Um, no, but apparently, apparently Beskar can only be used for armor it cannot be used for weapons so uh she starts to melt it down and she's like what would you like this turned into he goes some armor for a foundling i would like you to make it into armor for grogu and she goes but the foundling is no longer in your care and he goes yes but i'd like to go and see him and oh i bet that made everyone really happy it made me really happy so we're gonna see grogu again at some point very soon maybe at some point this season, but maybe not at some point this season. Uh, it looks like she makes a bunch of little um, rings, little chains. So maybe he's made Grogu like some kind of chain mail. I don't know. We don't, we don't see it fully um, completed. They, they tie it up in a little, a little baggie that ends up looking like Grogu's head, which is kind of cute. Um, but yeah, we don't see exactly what it is, so we'll have to wait until we probably see Grogu again before he can be given his gift. Um, yeah, yeah. The main purpose I felt of this part of the episode was to give us a whole lot of updates on why Bo-Katan was doing what she was doing, what these two have been doing, what's the go with the purge, what's the go with all that and it was super super interesting and I really really like seeing it um after he fights Paz Vizsla for the Darksaber and is successful the armorer asks Paz Vizsla have you ever removed your helmet he says no she goes we're cool then she asks Mando the same question have you ever removed your helmet he doesn't say anything 
we know that he has removed his helmet. He did it last season. Have you ever removed your helmet? He says nothing. You need to answer. And he goes, I have. And then, without any clarification, without any follow-up, she just goes, well then, you are a Mandalorian no more. She fucking kicks him out. You can't sit with us. She kicks him out. And he's like, oh no, 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 please don't do that. How can I fix it? She goes, oh, you can fix it by doing this super specific thing on Mandalore. And he goes, Mandalore's been destroyed. He goes, well, then you can't fix it. You're out. Bye-bye. See ya. Now, this scene, I think, is interesting. I don't really get what they're going for here because... Yes, this very small sect of Mandalorians may no longer consider him a Mandalorian, but Bo-Katan still will, because she takes her helmet off all the fucking time. Boba Fett will, because he takes his helmet off all the fucking time. So, how important in the grand scheme of things is the opinion of the armor and Paz Vizsla? Probably not very important. Um, we see throughout the rest of the episode, it doesn't seem to have phased Mando a whole lot. It keeps his helmet on. He still says, I'm a Mandalorian, and that's my religion. Um, so yeah, I don't know if it's going to have a huge amount of consequence. Maybe if he bumps into them again, they may have a bit of beef. But he also still does have the Darksaber. Which doesn't matter what his helmet status is, makes him the ruler of Mandalore. So, yeah, I, I found that... Uh, I found that interesting. Anyway... After he gets kicked out, he's like, what am I going to do now? And he gets a, he, he, he's basically been relegated to taking the bus. He has to take like this ferry ship bus thing from the station. He goes to Tatooine because he's received a message from Pelimoto of all people that she has a new ship for him. Um, there's a funny scene where he's trying to get on the, the ship and this like, you know, ticket inspector he, you know, all these beeps go off and he's like, so you can't take your weapons on the craft. You need to leave them here. And he does one of those scenes that we've seen in lots of movies and stuff where he, like, he's, he's taking stuff out of his pockets and it takes him like five minutes to de-weapon himself. It's like out of John Wick or out of um, Pirates of the Caribbean where Elizabeth Swan's got a, a million guns hidden up her skirt, you know, um, one of those sort of scenes. So that was kind of funny. And then he's on this craft going to Tatooine he lands in Mos Eisley and he goes to see Pelimoto first thing we see when we're in Pelimoto's shop it made me so happy we see a BD droid unit BD now anyone who doesn't know what a BD unit is hasn't played Jedi Fallen Order because the the main the well the only droid really in that show and one of the best droids in all of Star Wars now is BD1. He's the cutest, bravest, most capable little droid that you've ever seen. And there is a nut now. People are gonna go, oh, it's BD1. Oh, it's BD1. And it isn't fucking BD1. BD1 isn't with some mechanic on Tatooine. It's not BD1. It's just another BD unit. But it is still. Very, very cool to see one. We've never seen one anywhere apart from in Fallen Order. So to see one here, very special. And he even hurts his little foot and does the same little limp that BD-1 does in Fallen Order. Very, very cute. Um, so yes, Mando goes, right, you got a ship for me? Where is it? Pelimoto goes to show him. She pulls the tarp off. And this is 
this was just so deliciously, perfectly amazing. Now, I believe that we had seen this ship in the background in one of the other scenes in her, in her, you know, shop in one of the other episodes she's been in, or maybe just one part of it, but it is the N, or it is A, N1 Royal Naboo Starfighter. It's the yellow pointy starfighter ship from the Phantom Menace that Anakin and the others used to take down the droid command ship. It's one of those. Now, again, same as BT, it's not going to be the same one. It won't be the one that Anakin used. That just doesn't make sense. How did it get from Naboo to here? Doesn't make sense, but it's the same ship. It's the same one, which is so amazing. And then we get this great montage of the two of them fixing it up and making it look cool and getting all the parts and oh my god the interactions with the Jawas right so so Pelly keeps getting the Jawas to find parts for her right and Mena goes what they keep bringing you stuff how are you doing and she goes you, know, you just give them a list of stuff to find for you and then I, I, I'll let them just dig through my trash and they can take whatever they want it's a good deal she, she goes, don't worry, I understand the Jawas, I used to date one. <laughs> what? <laughs> I used to date a Jawa. And she goes, they're very furry. And she's like, blah, blah. <laughs> so gross and so funny. Oh, again, not a kid-friendly joke at all, but very, very funny. And... I might be wrong, but I think this is the first time you can actually clearly see that the Jawas are like little dudes that just have like a balaclava on. This is the first time that their their face hasn't been like totally in shadow. You can actually see the out like where their head is. I thought that was interesting. I don't know if we've been able to see that before. But yeah, dirty, dirty Jawas. Oh, even after, like after they finish talking, one of them just goes to Pelimoto. It's like, like, you know, their funny little language. And she goes, no, no, I'm just working on myself right now. <laughs> one of them asked her out. <laughs> oh, so funny. Really, really funny. I love that Amy Sedaris is just in Star Wars now. Like, this, this character is just popping up every now and then and is absolute gold. It's it's a really, really just... It's just cool to see this. Just some actor from SNL, you know. She, yeah, she's famous enough. She's not like some unknown, you know, comedian. But now she just has this recurring role in some of the best... Star Wars stuff that we've ever had. I think that's amazing. Same with like Bill Burr. Like, what are these comedians doing having these awesome roles in Star Wars? I just think that's so cool. Um, yeah, so, so we get this great, you know, like tuning up a car montage, like fix, fixing up the truck sort of montage, you know, getting parts from the Jawas and putting them on and stripping back the paint, making it look all chrome, and, oh, and the end result is just awesome. They make it look awesome. Mostly like this chrome sort of charcoal-y gray color, 
but then they leave a little bit of the yellow accent on there. Really, really nice touch. Uh, and then they sort of, you know, it, it's it's like he's bought a new car. She's telling him about the mods and he's asking questions and he goes to start it and it won't turn over. He says, it won't turn over. And she goes, give it a bit more juice. Like, it's really funny. And then he takes it for a spin. Oh. He takes it for a little test flight. And that was excellent. I loved seeing him take it out for a spin for the first time um it's got this really cool as well i just remembered about the sort of design of it they've done like this exposed engine thing like you might see on some american muscle cars with you know the engine sticking out of the top of the bonnet they gave it that look as well as, as well as a couple other like cool features but yeah he, he takes it for a, a test run he's sort of flying it over Moss Eisley, and he's talking to pelly on the radio and she goes Bloody, open it up Give it a real go, mate. And he goes, all right. And off he goes. Takes off. It's so fast. I can't wait to see him use this thing in action because it's going to be amazing. But it's wicked fast. Oh, it's so good. And that moment, you can see he falls in love with it. It's like, well, this is kind of fun. Takes it out of Moss Eisley. And where does he end up? Of all fucking places around Moss Eisley to have ended up the pod racing course of course he does of course he does this episode's like a little love letter to to phantom menace oh so he takes it he's zipping it through beggars canyon which is that last little bit of the pod racing track before they get into that open stretch at the end oh takes it and then he flies it up into the sky it's like right let's really test this thing out he goes up 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 into the stratosphere and the music in this part of the episode was beautiful. Really, really liked it. He goes up, 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 up. He flies past another one of those ferry bus raft ship things that he took to get there. He's, you know, waving at a kid that he, you know, saw on the way there, whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, he flies it, flies it around. And then he gets literally, I kid you not, he gets pulled over by the cops for going too fast. He gets pulled over by a couple of New Republic pilots because he was going too fast. One of them's like, right, he, he, effectively, one of them's like, oh, can I see your license and registration, please? Effectively, what he's asking for. Um, and Manu goes, sorry, I don't have it. I just built this today and I'm just taking it out for a test run. I'm very sorry. Um, I'm going to go back down to Moss Eisley and get it fixed out. Fixed out? Fixed up? What the fuck am I saying? Um, this is one of them, right? The younger guy. And then the second pilot, which is two of them, two X-Wings. The second pilot goes, just before you go, because they decide to let him off with a warning, just before you go, your voice sounds very familiar. Did you used to own a Razor Crest? And it's the Asian guy who was in, you know, he was one of these... Um, X-Wing pilots in the Mandalorian, which is an interesting touch. And I like that this sort the the, the, the New Republic is sort of following him a little bit. Like his, his involvement with what the First Order was doing and that stuff on Navarro has made them suspicious. So he's like kind of wanted, but they also kind of know he's a good guy. But they're, they're, they're just, 
kind of being his shadow a little bit, just following him around, just being quiet and just going to pop up somewhere. And, ah, gotcha. No, but it was cool seeing him. I don't know the character's name. Um, and, you know, it, at first I was like, gee, what the hell's he doing here? But it kind of makes sense because both Navarro and Tatooine are Outer Rim worlds. So, you know, if, if you know, the two of them go to work in the morning for a shift, let's say, these two New Republic pilots, they could, you know, maybe their shift covers the entire outer rim and they could get sent to any planet any day. It's like, right, today you're going to Kessel. I don't know, you know, and you just got to go police it. for Today you're going to Tatooine. You got to go watch it for the day, you know. Maybe that's how it works. But I thought that was cool seeing him and when Mando realises that he's in a little bit of trouble, he just... He just takes off. He just... Um, he uses what... Uh, I forget what they call it. Like semi-light speed thrusters, something like that, which I didn't know you could do. You can do like a sort of half light speed jump, which is cool. He just goes really, really, really fast. And they, they're they just sitting there. Just let him go. And they're like, yeah, we don't need paperwork. Let him go, which I thought was funny. Um, he comes back down to Moss Eisley and Pelly says, Oh, someone dropped in while you were gone asking about you. A friend of yours. And he goes, I don't have any friends. What was her name? And then Fennec Shand goes, Fennec Shand, it's me, Fennec Shand. <laughs> and, and, you know, they're like, Oh, what's going on? She goes, Wind, I need your help. I need some muscle. Do you want a job? I'll pay you. And he goes, This is for Boba Fett. Don't worry about it. It's on the house. I'm going to come help you guys out. So, confirmed Mando's going to take part in whatever bloody war this is that's going on with the Pikes and maybe Crimson Dawn as well. Um, but what he says first, what he says right at the very, very end of the episode, but I have to go see a little friend first. And this has sent my head into a complete spin. Because I don't know what to think about this. There's a few options. The first is he goes and sees Grogu in the next episode and it's done in five or ten minutes. Right? And then he goes back to Tatooine. The other option is next episode, he's already been and come back. Right? We, we cut right into him, Boba and Fennec Shand all working together, planning things, recruiting more troops, you know, figuring out what's really going on. And we skip over him going to see Grogu. And then we see that at the beginning of the next season of The Mandalorian. Now, this is where I sort of started to think about lots of really interesting possibilities. And I've been wondering a lot why we haven't heard from Lucasfilm about any release dates for any of the other shows that are coming out over the rest of the year, right? Boba Fett is going to finish in two weeks' time, and then we still have Obi-Wan, Bad Batch, Andor, and Mandalorian. Seasons of all four of those shows still to come out, right? Uh, and that is going to be, how many weeks is that? Uh, that'll be That'll be 18... Uh, 1834 42 we've we've only got what 49 weeks little 48 weeks left of the year 
42 of them are going to have a Star Wars show coming out unless they overlap. So they don't have a lot of wiggle room. Why haven't they given us any dates yet? I have a theory. They have all the dates planned out. They're all ready to go. But they're super cute and they want to surprise us. And I think... If if the rest of this season of Boba Fett is heavy on the Mando, that we are going to get season three of The Mandalorian announced at the end of Boba Fett and maybe with a week off or two weeks off after that, they're going to run straight into Mando season three. They're not waiting until December. They're going to go straight into it. They're going to do a similar thing they did uh, with the book of Boba Fett tease at the end of season two of The Mandalorian, just the other way around. There'll be a season three of Mando tease at the end of the book of Boba Fett. And then I, I think sometime in February, Mando will start up again. I really, that's the vibe that I got. They gave us an entire episode about another show. Like this episode has got the book of Boba Fett as the title. It's called The Return of the Mandalorian, which is very on the nose but it's called The Book of Boba Fett. And this episode had no books and no Boba Fett. Right? So, what's going on? What's their plan? I get a vibe, right? That Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau together are creating a Star Wars cinematic universe on Disney Plus with these shows, right? I think that we're going to start to see as Ahsoka comes out and Andor and Obi-Wan and more Bad Batch. I think we're going to see everything becoming more and more interconnected, right? I was thinking about it this evening. I bet you any money that we're going to see BK, Black Cassantin, in season two of The Bad Batch. I bet you we see him. Same as we saw Fennec Shand in Mandalorian and then she shut up in the Bad Batch. We will see BK in this season of the Bad Batch. I'll, I'll bet you any money. But um, yeah, I think there's, there's big stuff coming this year and they're holding their cards very close to their chest. Very close to their chest. If this isn't the case, right? If we really aren't getting season three of the Mandalorian until November or December, Right? What's coming next? Now, they've announced Bad Batch for, I feel like, April or May, something like that. That means there's going to be something in between now and then. Andor's too long. It's 12 episodes. If Mando isn't coming in Feb, it's not coming until the end of the year. Are they going to squeeze Obi-Wan in across... March, early April. Is that their plan? Are they going to use the Super Bowl to drop an Obi-Wan trailer and say, right, this show's coming out in three weeks. Get ready. Is that their plan? I don't know. I've got no idea what's going on because they won't bloody tell us anything, but there's something going on. They're doing big stuff. Filoni and Favreau have got big plans and... It is very exciting. This episode was so exciting. The world 
the universe, the galaxy of Star Wars gets bigger and bigger. And I think that's fantastic. And, you know, they're setting up a whole lot. They're setting up season three, The Mandalorian, with him, you know, having a bit of division with the Armourer and Vizsla, and also with Bo-Katan. He's trying to talk to Grogu. Fuck, when he goes to see Grogu, is Grogu going to be at the temple? Are we going to see a five-year-old Kylo Ren, or Ben Solo, I should say, being trained by Luke? Wouldn't that be amazing? Like, there's... There's now, because this is the first Mando that we've had in more than 12 months, there's so much stuff going on now. Like, to, to add this into the mix of whatever of what is already a very chockers Book of Boba Fett show, all these different characters, all these different crime groups, all these different possibilities, to then add this in and then make us wait until the end of the year for the payoff, I don't think they're doing that. I don't think they're doing that. I think it's coming very soon. That makes sense to me. I don't know. I'll probably be wrong, but that makes sense to me. Anyway, let me know what you guys thought about this episode. I actually did a very brief summary, all things considered. I flew through that. Um, it, very entertaining it, it, it isn't an episode of the Book of Boba Fett. It just isn't. That didn't feel like Boba Fett. It didn't... Like, nothing about that apart from the very, very, very end where, where he literally gets asked to go and help Boba Fett. Nothing else really felt like the Book of Boba Fett. This is chapter 17 of The Mandalorian. That's what we just watched. And, you know, is that going to turn into the Book of Boba Fett really being Mandalorian season 2.5? We don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. I think next the, the next two episodes of this show, I have no idea what's going to happen. No idea what's going to happen. You know, we're going to revisit Boba having to deal with the pikes and the huts and the the mayor and the, the, and, and BK and all these all these problems that he's got. Yeah, he's going to have his buddy Mando to help out, but they're going to be out of their depth. Yeah, he's got a lightsaber, but he doesn't know how to use it. Like, so much stuff is still to come in two more. Like, these next two episodes, I'm certain, will be 50 minutes long like the last couple have. I love that we're getting these long, long episodes. Loving it. Um, does this new sort of direction of the show mean we're done with the back to tank flashbacks, I would say that we can confirm that now. After last week, where that droid said to him that he was completely healed, so yes, I would say now that we're done with the back to tank. Maybe while he's sleeping, we'll get flashbacks. Um, but yeah, we're done with the back to tank for now, and that's about it. Because this this episode wasn't about the Book of Boba Fett. I don't know how it's going to relate to the Book of Boba Fett, and we know that Mando's going to join him. So it's a matter of when. And what in between that do we get to see? That's the question. I cannot wait for all of it. Everything Star Wars that's coming this year, I cannot fucking wait. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. And this, I'm seeing some stuff online, people saying, oh, don't know how I feel about this episode. Wasn't the Book of Boba Fett? Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the Book of Boba Fett. You got... Sold a lie. Just take this episode on its own, as it is, right? It could be an episode of anything to do with Star Wars. Just take it on its own. And you go, oh, this is actually 
fucking excellent. It's got so many Easter eggs, so many callbacks, it's got so much stuff going on. Well done, Bryce Dallas Howard. You can tell that she's got a real passion for Star Wars. She's got a real eye for directing. She's directed some of the really good episodes of The Mandalorian. Um, yeah, I, I tip my hat to her. She's done a really, really good job. All right, that will do for this one, guys. I hope everyone is staying very safe. I hope everyone's up to date with the Book of Boba Fett because big things are coming. If you're here listening, you know, against the rules, if you will, if you haven't listened to the episode yet, go back and catch up because the last two episodes of this show, people are still not loving it. People are still actually really disliking it. I don't really understand why. I mean, they can dislike it. It's not an issue, but I don't get why. It's, It's so good. It is such a good show. And I think these last two episodes are going to blow everybody's minds because there's still so many possibilities just up in the air and we have no idea what's going to happen. And it's very exciting. All right. Thank you for listening, guys. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends. Um, I'd be very appreciative if we could, you know, work together to grow the audience. I think that'd be awesome. Um, I hope you're enjoying the book of Boba Fett as much as I am. I will catch you guys next time. Bye.